While, as we've seen, our names have a historic uh, and sometimes hidden meaning, occasionally a person's name is so perfectly matched to their chosen job or activity that we cannot help but wonder whether it might be attributed to an effect known as nominative determinism. The idea behind nominative determinism is that we might perhaps be subliminally predisposed towards particular jobs, behaviours or activities based on our names. And it was first suggested in a 1994 New Scientist article which listed studies by researchers with suspiciously appropriate surnames, such as this book on polar exploration <laughs> written by Daniel Snowman. And ever since, the internet has faithfully been recording more and more examples. So you might remember, for example, during the fuel crisis last year, a BBC news report on motorists panic buying fuel was fronted by the presciently named journalist Phil McCann. <laughs> or how about this firefighter from the Sun Prairie Fire Department? He's known as Lieutenant Les McBurney. He's on the TV a lot. He's actually the spokesman for the Sun Prairie Fire Department. Or significantly colder and closer to home, a BBC weather presenter called Sarah Blizzard. And it's not just on the TV or on the news. You'll find perfectly named individuals and people in all walks of life, such as this very aptly named music teacher, Miss C. Sharp. <laughs> and never mind spec savers. I'm definitely going to go and see uh, and get my next pair of glasses from leading eye specialist, Dr. Ashley Seawright. But this one is my personal favourite. She's an associate lawyer for a New York law firm called Sullivan and Cromwell, uh, and she's named rather directly, delightfully, and literally, Sue Yu. <laughs> I mean, what else could she do with a name like Sue Yu? Well, it turns out she could have done absolutely anything, because there are just as many examples of unfortunate, inappropriate, or ironic reversals of nominative determinism, such as this chap who became a West Country police constable <laughs> despite, or was it because, his parents gave him the name Rob Banks. But as if all that wasn't enough, in our readings this morning, in these two different encounters with Jesus, as he heads along the road to Jericho, we will discover three even more extreme and unbelievable examples of nominative determinism, which I hope will help us to see both of these passages and the characters in them, as well as Jesus, perhaps, in an entirely new way. First, we heard from Mark the story of Bartimaeus, and he's introduced by Mark as a sort of seemingly irredeemably tragic-sounding figure Blind, he's reduced to begging in the dust and the dirt at the side of the road. And it's there from the dirt in the gutter that he's reduced to just hearing as Jesus comes nearby and shouting out. Jesus is near, he can't see him, he's there in the dirt, but he shouts out in a, in a pitiful, in a desperate act. And even that act is met by jeering and rejection from the crowd. 
Almost everything then about Mark's opening description is of this man's utter wretchedness and his shame. Everything except for two things. The man's name and Jesus' reaction to him and his name. You see, the name of the man in the gutter is Bartimaeus. We have a badge for him here this morning. And Mark partly unwraps his name for us in our reading. But the translation remains just a little bit lost on us today. Bartimaeus, verse 46. Bartimaeus, meaning son of Timaeus. That Hebrew word, Timaeus, to Mark and his Hebrew readers was not just a person's name. It was also a word that they would recognize clearly as someone of great honor and nobility, like Pat. This man groveling in the dirt then, Mark tells us, is named Son of Honor. Could there be a name that at first glance seems more inappropriate, less suitable in the whole Bible? Well, there is. We'll come to him later. Because I love what Jesus does next. I love his reaction to the crowd, to their rejection of Bartimaeus. As in Mark, verse 10, Mark 10, verse 49, we read, Jesus stopped and told the crowd to call him. Jesus asks the crowd to call out to the noble son that they had rebuked, ridiculed, and rejected. They had consigned, they had consigned him to the gutter, forcing him not just to be lost, but to be hopeless and helpless. And Jesus says, call him. Call him by name. For unlike the crowd, Jesus recognizes the nobility inherent even in the least and the lost. And he desperately wants, in fact, he demands that the crowd and that we recognize it too. For everyone, rich or poor, be they a blind beggar or a high priest, are Bartimaeus. They are all just as we are all, sons and daughters of honor, sons and daughters of the king, brothers and sisters in Christ. And so the beggar in the dust is a son of honor. And through Jesus' eyes, we can declare with certainty that I am Bartimaeus. You are Bartimaeus. We are all Bartimaeus. And how we rejoice that Jesus recognizes our nobility even in that gutter. Even when the world rejects us, he calls each and every one of us by name, restoring every son and daughter of honor, no matter who we are, or perhaps I should say who we were, because all that matters to Jesus is who we are becoming through him and who we belong to for eternity. This, then, is how Jesus honors the name of the Father, by honoring and recognizing the heavenly parentage and therefore the divinity, the dignity, and the destiny of every single person that he meets. And we are called to hallow the Father by following his example. Now our second encounter, which Luke puts consecutively in his gospel, is just a little further down the road towards Jericho. And so immediately following on from the story of the blind beggar is perhaps this even more famous story. 
Zacchaeus. Now, Mark's introduction is just as un... Sorry, Luke's introduction is just as unsubtle as that of Mark. So we get this massive description of a new and villainous character, a little man with a big reputation. Short in stature, he is seemingly short of both redeeming qualities and friends. As Zacchaeus is identified not just as rich, but as a thief and the chief tax collector, which, as Keith mentioned last week, means he's also a traitor and a collaborator with the despised and hated occupying regime. This then is a man who's not just stolen from one or two people to feed himself or to take care of his family, but who has built up vast wealth and power by taking money, accepting bribes, and threatening almost every single person in the whole crowd that he's now amongst. So maybe it is just to catch a better glimpse of Jesus, or possibly just to get away from this hostile crowd, that this proud little man casts aside his dignity, and we're told he runs and climbs a tree. Why? Because he has heard that Jesus will be passing by. Now, like Bartimaeus, we're missing something crucial from this story of Zacchaeus. If before we come to his encounter with Christ, we don't stop and first understand his name. You see, because Zacchaeus, just like Bartimaeus, was not just a name. Zacchaeus is actually a simple Hebrew word that would have been well known to every single one of Luke's readers. Zacchaeus means pure and innocent. So here, in consecutive stories, Mark places a man of low status in the gutter who happens to be called the son of honour. And now, just yards farther along the road, Luke introduces us to a man of great wealth and status, high up in a tree, a man who, though the worst of all scoundrels, thieves, liars, and collaborators, is named Purity and Innocence. And how does Jesus react to Zacchaeus, this most guilty and renowned of sinners? He calls up to him by his name. Verse 5. Zacchaeus, Mr. Purity and Innocence, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. And as with the son of honour, Jesus' reaction causes outrage. The crowd is turning against this man and may turn against Jesus because they cannot believe he's chosen to be a guest in the home of someone they don't see as innocent, but only recognise as a notorious an irredeemable sinner. But that's because there is one other name whose Hebrew meaning will help us to fully recognize the meaning of both these stories and the names of our leading characters. You see, while there are many names that we use for Jesus and many different titles, we call him Prince of Peace, Lord of Lords, King of Kings. His Hebrew name, Yeshua, translated Jesus for us throughout the Bible, had a very simple, direct, and literal meaning to all who heard it. God's salvation. In Mark, then, when Bartimaeus heard that Yeshua was nearby, the line also reads, literally, God's salvation was nearby. And so it was for God's salvation that the man in the gutter cried out 
for mercy. And now here in Luke, when Zacchaeus hears that Yeshua, God's salvation, will be passing, it is searching not just for a better view, but for God's salvation that he climbs a tree. Zacchaeus calls out Jesus, pure and innocent, and invites himself into this man's home. We're finally in Luke 19, verse 9, after the man called innocent repents of his sins and offers to pay back all his ill-gotten gains, Jesus says to him, today, God's salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. That's our sermon in a sentence this morning. Today, God's salvation has come to this house. For Jesus, in a literal and a linguistic sense, in this verse, is referring to himself in the third person. Because what he actually said was, today, Yeshua, today, Jesus, today, God's salvation has come to this house. Because they are all exactly the same thing. The good news of the gospel, then, is that every bit as much as you and I are Bartimaeus, noble sons and daughters, we are also Zacchaeus. For each of us, no matter our past by God's salvation, are Zacchaeus, pure and innocent men and women. And today, still recognizing the nobility in every single face, Jesus calls out by name, even to the weak and the weary, the least and the lost. For when the world rejects us, we can come to him by God's salvation. It is God's salvation, Yeshua, which reaches down and lifts us up. And today, Jesus still calls out to the despised, the dishonest, and the undeserving, because he recognizes that we are all pure and innocent. We just need to accept God's salvation into our home. Because whatever your name is, whatever your name means, ultimately only one name, one perfect example of nominative determinism matters. Yeshua, God's salvation. And so Jesus, God's salvation, calls out to each one of us by name. Revelation 3 verse 20, here I am. Here is God's salvation. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me, just as he did with Zacchaeus. Today, right now, just as for Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus, that same Jesus is knocking on your door. That by God's salvation, we might come to know for ourselves the transformational truth and glorious hope that we are each innocent men and women, that we are all honorable sons and daughters of the King. However much you are suffering, struggling, or ashamed, you are never beyond reach, for into the depths of the gutter God's salvation reaches down to lift up every Bartimaeus, to restore not just our dignity, but our nobility. And from our lonely treetops, he calls down every Zacchaeus, everyone whose riches have cost us our integrity, our reputation, 
or our relationships. And however undeserving in the eyes of the world, he restores our purity and our innocence. Whatever it is that your badge says that your name means, whatever you feel your name means, whatever the world tells you that your name means, we know that by God's saving grace, Jesus writes underneath these words, son and daughter of honor, pure and innocent. For unlike the crowd, Jesus never allows who we were or even who we are right now to prevent him from recognizing, restoring and rejoicing in who we truly are and who we can be by the saving grace of God. May we likewise always see the dignity, nobility, purity and potential in everyone that we encounter, that our Father who art in heaven have his name hallowed and his salvation welcomed into every home and heart. Amen.